Hi, you're listening to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business, the podcast for trade business and contracting bosses like you and your partner who want to lead with confidence, make more profit, and create a better lifestyle. Are you ready to fast track your freedom and have some fun? With your hosts, fellow trade business owners and husband and wife team, Andy and Angela Smith. Welcome back to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business. Ange and I love bringing you this podcast, and most of all, we love hearing what you think. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a review and let us know what you want to hear more about. That's right, guys. The whole point of this podcast is to chat about the challenges that you face in your trade business so that we can share some solutions. So let us know what's on the top of your list or something that you're struggling with so that we can do our best to solve it for you. We're here for you, so why not have your say? So, back on today's podcast, we have a very special guest, our resident trade business coach with Lifestyle Tradie, Alex Henderson. Yes, that's right. Alex joined us recently at Lifestyle Tradie as our member base grew to offer fantastic support. You know, Alex owned his own trade business, Captain Cabinets, and sold it to live the good life before joining our team. Hey, Alex, how you going, buddy? Welcome. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Ange. Great to be here. I've been thinking, Alex, whilst I still own my own trade business, you sold yours back in 2017. You know, like most of us, I started my own business to be my own boss and have the freedom to choose my lifestyle. So, Alex, what made you decide to go out on your own and start a new business? Oh, yeah, similar reasons, Andy. Mostly I just wanted to be the person that made the decisions. The company that I was working before, I went out on my own. They had a few layers of management and getting answers on jobs was just becoming really tedious. I just wanted to be in that position to make my decisions so I could just basically get on with the job. Awesome. I'd been toying with the idea of starting my business for a while and then ultimately I just took that step. I saw so many other tradies out there driving their utes around the beaches and Mm. I just thought to myself, well, if they can do it, so can I. Mm. Yeah. So basically just went in with blind enthusiasm, if not now, then when, and I started up on myself in uh, 2006 it was. Awesome. Cool. But from memory, like many tradies, you tried to keep your old job and start your new business on the side. Was that right? Yeah, I did for a while. I was working my regular job during the day and then racing off to uh, work on my own stuff at night. On top of that, I was I started studying a small business at TAFE, trying to figure out actually how to run a business. <laughs> uh, I loved I loved my TAFE for <laughs> my trade skills, but as far as the business skills, it really didn't do too much for me, so that, that didn't last too long. Wow. We hear many tradies say that the TAFE system doesn't teach you how to run a business. Yeah. As I said, I ended up quitting that course because it wasn't giving me anything of real-world knowledge that I could take home and apply. Yeah. Uh, I definitely wasn't there for the piece of paper. I wanted the knowledge and got not a lot of value out of it. And I was a one-man show at the time, so my time was pretty precious. Mm. Right. So when you finally decided to quit your day job to focus on your business, how did that go for you? Yeah, I was a foreman at the time, and to be honest, I was pretty nervous, and uh, I wasn't sure how well-received it would be. But worse than that, I actually I remember it clearly. It was Easter of 2006. I went home, had a six-pack under my arm, told my <laughs> girlfriend who I was living with that I'd just quit my job and I was going to start my business. And she said, and I quote, that's not an option. So we broke up, and then in the space wow. of that Easter weekend, yeah, as I said, quit the job, broke up with the girlfriend. We were living together, so I had to move house. <laughs> oh, no. Said, Mum and Dad, I'm coming home. And I had to sell my uh, my favourite old classic car too because I needed the cash to start the business. What kind so, of car was it? Old Volkswagen. Oh, you like your Volkswagen? Yeah. I noticed oh, that. I do like them too. Yeah. That is such a shocking story. I think this is something we don't always talk much about as trade business owners. Hey, it's so hard to get others to believe in you because – 
you know you're ready and that you're ready to do it. But it's heartbreaking when your partner doesn't believe in you or doesn't see your vision. Yeah, I was very lucky that you backed me 100%, Ange. So, Alex, you quit your job, you broke up with your girlfriend, you moved back home with your parents because you wanted to start your own business, and you also sold your car. That was one tough journey. You know, did you hit the ground running after that or was it a slog to get your business off the ground? I remember actually I got a vivid memory in the early days. I was literally sitting on a milk crate out the front of the workshop that I was hiring and the Simpsons episode where he starts Mr. Plough was just (laughs) on repeat in my head. It was like, and now we wait for the phone to ring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like I I definitely wasn't a marketing guru at that time. I just put an ad in the in the local paper the manly daily and and back in those days at work yeah. and, and the phone started to ring yeah i remember those times clearly too it worked well for us as well it definitely so did. that was back in 2006 i don't know how well that same ad would work today hey yeah right like marketing was probably a lot easier back then there was a lot less noise these days there's a lot more facets with with marketing got seo adwords social media, just to name a few. But uh, yeah, anyway, back to the the business. It was booming once I sort of placed that at it. It took off pretty quickly and I had some other work from other contacts and customers as well. I started off doing high-end custom joinery. We're talking like kitchens at 40 to 50K and, and even a wardrobe well over $20,000. Mate, that's an expensive wardrobe, 20K back in 2006. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was 26K and it's pretty fancy. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I'd love to see photos. So, hey, it sounds like you're off to a running start, but tell me, how were the hours as a startup tradie? And they were, they were crazy. As I said, I was working full-time during the day. I was trying to figure out how to run a business, how to do sales calls, quotes, designs. On top of that, I was learning how to like run my books and my accounts, read financial reports. Then as I grew, hire people, manage staff. Most of that was all new to me. And and whilst I loved it in the early days, I also realized that it wasn't sustainable. Like for me, like a 12-hour day was probably, I would consider that standard, sort of seven to seven. Mm. 14 to 16 hour days were more common. And to be honest, like I, I just, I lived my business and I hardly saw family and friends. You know, when you sit back and you listen to that story and knowing where you are there, it's like, holy crap, why do we go in business sometimes? Yeah, because totally. we've all got that that same story, you know? It's really tough, right? I know in my early days as a business owner, I felt like I was missing everything, you know, birthdays, engagements, even just watching the footy at the pub with my mates, you know? The guys would say, you just work too hard. But you know what? Before starting my business, I had two years off. I did a year around Australia backpacking and camping in a camper van. And I also was a snowboard instructor in Canada for a year. So I just laughed it off and said, well, how many holidays have you had in the last two years? And they'd say, "Uh, four weeks per year, eight weeks. I've had eight weeks holiday. Well, you know what? I've had 104 weeks holiday, you know, and I could really put him in their place. So even though I'm working 24-7, I've still had more time off than you. Yeah. Even though you've been living the good life before starting your business, it doesn't mean it's not frustrating for your partner when you're working all day, every day and have no time for anything <laughs> else. Yes. And for many trade business owners, it's where the start of the breakdown of the relationship happens. In those early days when they're becoming so isolated because they're so overwhelmed with the business and feel like they just don't have time for friends or family anymore at all. We see it all the time with our lifestyle trading members. They just want to live the good life. They want to take off time when they want and still make a profit. Yeah, too true, Ange. You know, Alex, you said you started your business in 2006. And am I right to say the GFC hit around 2007, 2008, I think? So 
it really happened for you. Yeah, with such a new business, how on earth did you survive such a massive financial crisis? I remember those days well. It was definitely tough. Business was going really well, but one big significant advantage I have when I moved back home with my parents is that my living costs were really low. So I was just able to save like buggery. In that first year, I just saved as much as I could. I remember at the end of that first year, I bought myself a new, like the Rolls Royce of panel saws was like 50 grand. I bought wow. it out, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> at the time, like I didn't even understand finances. My accountant quickly gave me some advice when he'd seen what I'd done and taught me about financing equipment and so on. So it wasn't long after that where I got my first loan. I bought another machine, about $110,000 CNC router. And, and not soon after that, I actually went and bought a factory. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I went from not so much as having a credit card to having loans of over half a million dollars. And literally a couple of months later, the GFC hit. Ouch, <laughs> that sounds Love painful. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it definitely was. I had to let a few staff go, which was really tough. And in, in hindsight, I wish I tried a different approach to that. But ultimately, it was the combinations of these new machines, which I'd purchased, and the flexibility of being my own landlord, which got me through the GFC. Mm. Uh, I was getting work because I had this new machine. And also, when the cash flow was tight, I was able to delay paying my rent if the money wasn't quite there. The GFC hit all our businesses really tough, you know, but we've been lucky this time with COVID that most of us were considered essential services. But it's always good to remember that things can change very, very quickly. Mm. So you mentioned that your business foundation saved you during the GFC. So when everything started to recover, did you keep the same business model? No. In short, uh, I was just hanging on by a thread. I remember my bank balance got down to $12 and I thought, yeah, I was pretty close to closing the doors. But I was hanging on and I I did realise in this experience that there must have been a better way to, to run a business and that I did have too many eggs in the one basket. I was also constantly stressed and the hair was Falling out of my head a lot faster than I wanted to accept. Oh, Andy too. Hey, hey, you kidding? Hey, we're picking on him, not me. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I knew things uh, had to change. And at that time, a friend of mine invited me to a business seminar. Long story short, that's where I met you guys. And I was just hanging off every word about the Dr. Drip story. Yeah, that's right. I remember when we sat down to look at your business, the, the profit just wasn't there. So we focused on getting your business model right and your business foundation set up correctly so we could start turning a real great profit year on year. You changed the business name around that time too, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's right, Ange. Great memory. Yeah, definitely. As I said, I loved the Dr. Drip story and I loved the name and the branding. I thought it was fun, easy to remember and had a great energy about it. My company name at the time was actually Carmen, which had sort of German connotations and I sort of liked the quality aspect of the work I was doing, but everything I was doing was very serious. It was all quite upmarket work. But as we said, I pivoted. From there, I also knew I was too highly strong and I probably wasn't the best version of myself. Yeah, I I get that. And I totally understand what you're saying because there's definitely been times I haven't been the best version of myself either. You know, even when I started my business in the early days, I was a massive control freak. And you know what? I was... A stress head, hot head, however you want to look at it, but probably not the best version of myself. I'm sure, Ange, you'd maybe agree. <laughs> yep. I know the nodding. She's just yeah. nodding. Going, I know yeah. the listeners can't see me, but I'm uh, nodding yeah. profusely. <laughs> yeah, and look, I'm, I'm guilty as charged on the control freak front as well. I knew I wasn't happy with myself and I knew I wasn't happy with the business, so we pivoted. We changed the market that we were operating in. I took a 
page from Andy and Angie's book and, and, and I changed the name to Captain Cabinets and I had a lot more fun with the business. Yeah, and we did a lot of work to get that business foundations and your day-to-day operations running really smoothly too. Yeah, we sure did. The big thing was the systems and the processes, getting those into the business, be it checklists, flowcharts, video recordings, like you name it, systems and processes for me. Another big win was job descriptions and assigning every task in the entire business to one of the guys in the team. And I mean like every task, even we had a process for who and how to take out the bins. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, I actively asked for feedback from everyone, what they liked, what they didn't like about their role, and even feedback on how I was as a manager. I also needed to change my approach. Like previously, I was very much of the mindset, it'll be quicker or easier if I just do it myself. Mm. I'd always thought that I had to be the first person there every day and I had to be the last to leave every day. And I realized that none of these approaches are sustainable. The other big shift for me mentally was definitely I started seeing myself as a business owner first and a tradesman second rather than the other way around. That was really empowering me and helped with the day-to-day decision-making. Yeah, that's important, mate, to be able to step away from just being a tradie and understand you are a business owner. Alex, it sounds like you went from really struggling with your business to an awesome systemized business. Yeah, thanks, Angie. I'd I'd like to think so for sure. In my experience, having a systemized business is the key to having a business that works for you. Otherwise, you've just got a job. I found myself with more time and more freedom with the business running smoothly without me. I no longer needed to be there every minute of every day and I could start having a life again. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So many trade businesses find a massive difference when they introduce streamlined systems and processes. Plus, it makes your business saleable because a potential buyer can see how well the company runs on its own. Yeah, exactly. And and it was running really well. And with that newfound time, I'd rediscovered some old hobbies and I found some new ones as well. And I started to ponder maybe about selling my business and what else I could do with myself. Yeah, so for many of us, selling up is the final step in owning our business. You know, it allows us to retire comfortably or take on that next challenge. But Alex, you had a slightly different reason for selling, right? Yeah, that's right, Andy. Uh, My dad got a not-so-great diagnosis, so we had a few few heart-to-hearts and discussed what was on his bucket list. He wanted to go cycling in Italy, so we did. We chose uh, a one-month holiday together in Italy and and riding and and eating our way around the country. Awesome. That sounds so much fun. Yeah, great, great memories for sure. And as the business was running smoothly without me and there was cash in the bank, I was able to to take that time with him. I hadn't really travelled much previously as like prior, I was kind of always working. Yeah. so, uh, yeah, this trip really opened my eyes to a bigger world and, and with the few new interests which which I'd mentioned, they were now becoming my main attention and I wanted to explore the world a bit more. Yes, a bit more travel, getting over there and amongst it. And then COVID hit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, mate, that you got time with your dad. You know, a similar thing happened with my dad. You know, he had diagnosed with cancer and had three months to live. It was absolutely devastating. But you know what? I was in a real lucky position as well where I could walk away from the business and be with my dad every single day for three months, you know, without having the worry of where the money was coming from and what was going on. And to be honest, owning your own business really can have some serious perks when it comes down to being financially stable and being able to make your own decisions about how you want to spend your time. You know, we run our own business, so we have the freedom to choose and dictate our own life. So, Alex, what happened next? As I touched on earlier, the idea of selling had crossed my mind. Just by coincidence, at about that time, I got a flyer in the mail from a business broker. And just like people do, I guess, with with the house and real estate, I thought there was no harm in getting a valuation of what it might be worth. So I had a good idea of sort of what I was sitting on ballpark. Fast forward about a year, 
and an offer came in from another cabinet maker. He just split up with his business partner and he could see the value in my business. So after a few conversations with my accountant and a lot of thought, it was just an offer that I just couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was mid-2017, I accepted the offer and sold up. Yeah, so good, mate. So happy for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a good reward for a lot of hard work for yes. sure. And then from then, I just yeah had a couple of years off. This time, I sort of Ticked off a few items from my own bucket list, and that included like a, a good extended trip around uh, the USA uh, when I returned, and that's when I reconnected with you guys, and I love what you guys are doing with Lifestyle Tradey, and just working with trade-based clients, for me, like it's a natural fit. I know it's a tough gig running a small business, especially while you're still on the tools, and for me, like I can talk, I can talk shop all day, I can talk business all day, so this is just the perfect fit for me. And if I can help others and pass on some of my knowledge, then I'm stoked. Yeah, mate. It's so good to have you a part of our team as well. And what an absolute classic journey, you know, where we're glad you've ended up with us and you're right. The best way to get your business to sell is to be able to show it's a well-oiled machine that needs little to no involvement from a new buyer. You know, if everything is running smoothly, the staff is great, the business is excellent condition and proven steady profit and cash flow, you've really got the golden goose. Golden goose. So for those of you listening, if your business isn't quite there, but you want it to be, then let's chat. Book in a free strategy session with Andy and we'll take a look at your entire business and show you where tweaks could be made so your business could run smoothly 24-7. Even if selling isn't your end goal, having a turnkey business that runs smoothly is the best. Or perhaps you're like me and only spend a few hours a week in the business. In that case, that's an awesome lifestyle because it gives you the freedom to choose what you want to do. Like spending time with your family, building another business or taking time to enjoy your hobbies. Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's just textbook. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. Even if you don't plan on selling up straight away, having those systems and processes in place gives you that freedom to choose. You can choose to grow the business. You can choose to have a few days off. You can choose to go to a conference. You can choose to diversify or decide to do something charitable, take up a hobby, travel when COVID's over. You know, it's very liberating. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it very is. liberating having that option to choose. I love it how you stumble words because I stumble my words all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you are dead right. So thanks so much for joining Ange and I today in the studio to share your story. We loved having you on here, mate. No worries. Thanks, guys. It's been great. See you, Alex. And for those of you listening, if selling up or having a turnkey business sounds like a pipe dream to you and you're sitting there thinking, my business could never do that, then I'm here to tell you that it absolutely can. In our education business lifestyle tradie, we not only help you set up your business to function like this, but we also guide you through how to take you to the next level in life. We've even wrote a book about it. Yeah, we sure did. Download your free digital copy of Startup, Scale Up, Sell Up, or if you're like me and prefer to hold the real thing, then click on the link in the show notes to request your free hard copy. Free copy? Are you kidding? I thought it was (laughs) (laughs) $29.99. Now, for our listeners, we'll send it to you for free. And honestly, none of us started our trade business to be working our guts out six days a week. We started it so that we could earn great profit and be in control of our lives. Yeah, like I've said before, you were never taught how to operate a successful trade business. TAFE literally only taught you rules and regulations, but that's only one small part of a trade business. You've done an awesome job getting yourself this far, guys, but we can take you to the next level. No matter what stage of business you're at, start up looking to increase your team and scale up, or you've been running your business for a while and you think it's the right time to sell up and take your next step in life, we can help you at any stage because we've been there, we've done that, 
and we know how to do it and we want to share our wealth of knowledge with you. Exactly. And as Ian said, get in contact with us today, lifestyletradie.com.au. Well, that's all from us today. Tune in next week where we'll be joined by my mate, Dan Pollard. He had a bunch of plumbing businesses before starting the software program, Fergus. We'll be chatting about his journey from a plumber to a tech wizard. Until then, cheers. See you soon. Subscribe to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business Now, wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Rate and write us a review or check out the show notes at lifestyletradie.com.au forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hell yeah.